Welcome to this podcast series Transform Your Life by Understanding Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Dr. Sanjeev Haribhakti and I'm here not just because I am a surgeon by profession but because I am a student of Vedanta since 2008 with the blessings of my teacher Guru Ma Samananda Saraswati ji at Samadarshan Ashram. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha The 14th Adhyaya of Srimad Bhagavad Gita is the Gunatraya Vibhaga Yoga. Communion with the Lord by the understanding of the distinction of the three gunas. The 14th Adhyaya, the Gunatraya Vibhaga Yoga is a detailed description of the three gunas, the Sattva, the Rajas and the Tamas. that play an important role in our life we are all made from prakruti which is made up of three gunas and we each of us imbibe these three gunas these three gunas are present in each of us in different proportions and these gunas determine our behavior and our personality the interplay of these three gunas determine our responses our nature and our emotions too they dictate our actions and they determine our life Shri Krishna in the 14th Adhyaya makes us aware about the interplay of the three gunas in life. One should aspire to cultivate sattva, to temper the rajas and to overcome the tamas guna. The ultimate goal is to rise above the gunas, embracing a state of harmony, inner balance and spiritual liberation. The first word starts with the words of Lord Krishna who pledges to give the self-knowledge again to Arjuna which denotes his immense grace. श्री भगवाच परम भूय प्रवक्षा ज्ञानमुत्तम भगवान शेष आई शेल टेल यू द सेम हाइएस्ट डिवाइन नॉलेज यज्ञावा मुनय सर्वे पराम सिद्धिम इत गता बाय नोइंग विच ऑल द मुनीज हैव अटेन द हाइएस्ट इट सो ड्यूरिंग अवर लाइफ वी आर ऑल इन्वॉल्व इन इम्बाइबिंग नॉलेज ऑफ द वर्ल्ड विच इज कॉल्ड अपरा विद्या अवेवर इन द विजन ऑफ कृष्णा द नॉलेज ऑफ द आत्मा Paravidya is the only knowledge worth knowing, which is the foundation of all other knowledge. By knowing this highest knowledge, many of the great saints, Munaya Sarve, the Munis who are contemplative always have achieved the highest bliss, Param Siddhi, and have been liberated from all misery, sorrow, which is rooted in ignorance. The self-knowledge destroys the ignorance completely and exudes the blissful self. Krishna now describes the independent and the fearless state that is attained by self-knowledge. Idam gnanam upashritya mama sadharmyam agataha. He says, having taken the shelter of this knowledge, they have achieved my eternal form. Sarge apina upajayante pralayana vatantite. They did not take birth in this world and are not, not miserable at the end of the world at the time of pralaya. Knowing the self and knowing its oneness with the eternal all-pervading consciousness, is liberating one from the cycle of birth and death however the main benefits of self knowledge are during the life called sadeha mukti by ending all the fear of death diseases old age by making us aware of a true inner eternal self the atma swarupa to understand the self knowledge we need to start and know the creation and by knowing prakruti the karya we can reach to the purusha as the main cause of the creation the karana Krishna describes now the communion between the purusha and the prakruti how they manifest as the creation mama yoni mahat brahma he says 
my prakriti is a cause it is a great womb tasmin garbham dadhamya ham i plant the seed of creation in this womb the prakriti sambhavah sarvabhutanam tato bhavati bharata o arjuna from this union all the beings come into existence they are born the creation comes into manifestation from the primordial energy the maya which is god's own mama yoni bhagwan says this is a great womb the mahat brahma as the entire creation is born from this womb just as we need a mother to give birth and also a father to plant the seed bhagwan says he plants the seeds of the entire creation into the great womb of the prakruti with this communion between the prakruti and the purusha the entire creation comes into manifestation sambhavah sarvabhutanam whenever we see, we see any part of the prakruti we instantly know that purusha is present without which we would not be able to fathom the prakruti nature is a universal mother and god the universal father krishna says sarvayonishu murtayah sambhavantiyah all those beings who are created from all the wombs tasam brahma mahatyoni aham bija pradapita for those prakruti is a great womb and i am the father who plants the seeds krishna is trying to tell us that there is interconnectedness in the creation there is oneness in the creation the entire creation is like one family vasudeva kutumbikam as our scriptures say and we have been given this birth due to the grace of our universal mother and father krishna says it is the attachment to these three gunas that is the cause of bondage satvam raja tamah iti guna prakruti sambhavah nibadnanti satva rajas and tamas are the three gunas which arise from the prakruti and they bind the person dehe dehi namavyayam by the eternal soul the jivatma which lives in the body is completely different sattva rajas and tamas these three gunas bind the atma the pure consciousness to the embodied material self the identification to these three gunas which bind the soul and its attachment to the three gunas is a cause for bondage nibadnanti dehinam he says this apparent or illusionary bondage is due to the ignorance of the true self and right understanding or knowledge untwines this bondage how is it that each of these gunas bind krishna describes in the next few verses how does sattva guna bind tatra sattvam nirmalatvat prakashakamanayano he says sattva guna is pure illuminates knowledge and is very healthy sukha sangena badnati gnana sangena cha sattva binds by happiness and by knowledge too sattva guna is considered to be the most desirable i would of all the three gunas it is because sattva guna inspires desire to learn study imbibe knowledge and share knowledge with others sattva guna implies simplicity honesty selflessness and therefore it is considered auspicious and pure it provides tranquility and serenity to the person and therefore it is a desired guna to have in spite of all its goodness sattva guna also binds the person in two ways firstly the desire to be happy is the way sattva guna binds a person and another way how sattva guna binds a person is by the pride of the knowledge that he has now bhagwan says what is raja guna and how it binds raja ragatmakam vidhi he says know that rajas colors your vision creates raga creates attachment trushna sanga samudbhavam and this attachment is because of the desires that it creates karma sangena dehinam tat nibandha nibadnati and binds by attachment to these actions by karma sanga most people who are passionate about actions work always keep busy in their work creating and making new projects always having desires for more and more possessions 
have predominant rajas guna rajas guna inspires a person into actions and by the attachment to these actions and by having more and more desires the rajas guna binds the person now krishna says what is tama guna and how tamas guna binds the person tama to agnana jamvidhi know that tamas arises from ignorance mohanam sarvadehi naam and deludes all the people by creating moha by delusion pramadalasya nidra bihi tad nibadnati and by negligence laziness and excessive sleep this is how tamas guna binds the people tamas guna signifies a false sense a delusion of the reality it arises out of the ignorance of the self and colors the vision it inspires laziness negligence to duty and excessive sleep this is how tamas guna binds a person krishna summarizes again how each guna binds is a sattvam sukhe sanjayati sattva joins us by attaches us by happiness and joy raja karmani bharata raja inspires action gnanam avrutta tu tamaha tama hides our true knowledge pramade sanjati sanjayati uta and inspires into carelessness or negligence to summarize the three gunas refer to the fundamental qualities or energies that pervade all aspects of the creation they are known as sattva which is uh, signified by the purity harmony rajas by activity and passion and tamas by inertia and darkness each guna has its own characteristics and influences our thoughts actions and behavior for better understanding i shall give some examples how these gunas can bind people in real life sattva represents purity clarity and harmony when sattva is dominant individuals tend to have a calm and a balanced mindset however excessive attachment to sattva can also lead to attachment to pleasure and spiritual superiority or the pride of knowledge for example being overly attached to a particular diet or a lifestyle leading to judgment and criticism of others who don't follow the same path seeking perfection in every aspect of life which can create stress and anxiety when things don't go as per planning rajas represents activity passion and ambition when rajas is dominant individuals are driven by desires seeking achievement and external validation however excessive attachment to rajas can result in restlessness and discontent examples include constantly seeking new experiences always pursuing the next thrill or the adventure without finding contentment in the present moment another example is being highly competitive always comparing oneself to others and constantly striving for success without finding true fulfillment tamas on the other hand represents inertia ignorance and darkness when tamas is dominant individuals exhibit laziness confusion and a lack of motivation excessive attachment to tamas can lead to stagnation and a sense of being trapped examples include procrastinating and avoiding responsibilities leading to missed opportunities and unfulfilled potential engaging in addictive behaviors such as excessive consumption of substances or unhealthy habits which prevent personal growth and hinder overall well-being now how do we know which guna is working and how krishna says rajah tamah cha abhibhuya sattvam bhavati bharata o arjuna sattva works by suppressing the rajas and the tamas rajah sattvam tamah cha eva and rajas will work by suppressing sattva and tamas tamah sattvam rajas tatha and tamas will work by suppressing sattva and rajas so each person is bestowed with each of these three gunas and their interplay determines our personality 
when the sattva guna is predominant in a person it suppresses the emergence of rajas and the tamas guna so the overall personality of the person becomes sattvic or a tranquil personality many of the saints great men have such a personality even many householders can have such a simple tranquil personality calm similarly when rajas is predominant it suppresses the tamas and sattva guna and this person predominantly displays the rajasic personality in the same way when tamas is predominant it suppresses sattva and rajas and this person is a tamasic even at different times in the same person one guna may be working prominently is it possible for me to know which guna is active and when krishna answers yada sarva dwareshu dehesmin prakash gnanam upajayate when all the five senses in the body are involved in illuminating the knowledge tada vidhyat vivruttam sattvam iti utah then know that sattva guna is on the rise recognizing the dominant presence of sattva guna in oneself requires self awareness and introspection for better understanding i'm going to show you some signs that indicate the influence of sattva guna in life when sattva guna is active mind tends to be clear and focused one experiences a sense of mental clarity enabling one to make decisions with ease and discernment sattva guna brings a sense of inner peace and tranquility one feels balanced and composed even in the face of challenges or stressful adverse situations sattva guna promotes harmonious relationships with others one approaches interactions with empathy understanding and a desire for mutual growth and well-being sattva guna inspires a thirst for knowledge and spiritual growth one may find oneself drawn to learning and self reflection sattva guna also encourages making choices that promote overall well-being this includes adopting a balanced diet engaging in regular exercise prioritizing prioritizing self care and practicing moderation in all aspects of life sattva guna fosters the sense of compassion and kindness towards others one naturally extends support empathy and help in those who are in need without seeking a personal gain or recognition sattva guna enhances our ability to appreciate and connect with the beauty of the nature arts and aesthetics one finds joy in simple pleasures of life and are attuned to the subtle wonders of life what are the characteristics of the rajas guna bhagwan says rajasi vivruddhe etani jayante no rajas is on the rise when lobha pravrutti karmanam arambha when greed and actions begin ashamah spruha and when the mind is restless and there are intense desires identifying the activity active presence of the rajas guna in oneself and also requires self awareness and observation here are some examples that indicate the influence of rajas guna in our life when rajas guna is active one may feel a constant sense of restlessness or an inner drive for action the mind is often preoccupied with thoughts plans and desire to accomplish tasks or goals raja guna motivates to set ambitious goals and pursue them with determination one may exhibit a strong drive for success recognition and external achievements raja guna is associated with heightened energy and enthusiasm one may feel a surge of energy that propels into action and fuels productivity raja guna also often manifest as a competitive streak when one strives to outperform others or achieve superiority in various aspects of life this can lead to comparison rivalry and a constant need to improve ourselves when raja guna is dominant impatience may arise and one may experience a sense of urgency to get things done quickly 
Waiting or delays can be frustrating and one may seek immediate results. Rajaguna can drive a craving for new experiences and stimuli. One may seek variety, excitement and constant engagement often moving from one activity or interest to the other. Rajas guna can heighten emotional intensity leading to passionate expressions of joy, anger or frustration. Emotions can fluctuate rapidly and one may feel a strong need to express oneself. When rajas guna can fuel productivity and drive, it's essential to maintain a balanced approach and not become overwhelmed by constant activity or external validation. Cultivating mindfulness, self-awareness and practicing techniques such as meditation or grounding exercises can help one navigate the influences of the rajaguna and find a sense of inner equilibrium. Now Krishna says what are the characteristics of the tamas guna? Tamasi vivrutte etani jayante know that tamas is on the rise when aprakasha apravrutticha when the mind is clouded and the body becomes lazy. Pramada moha evacha and when there is dereliction from the duty undue attachment hampers discrimination. Recognizing the active presence of tamas guna also requires self-reflection, self-awareness. Some examples of influence of rajas guna in our, sorry, tamas guna in our life. When tamas guna is dominant, one may experience a lack of motivation, physical or mental inertia, and a tendency to procrastinate or avoid taking actions. Tamas guna also brings a feeling of lethargy, sleepiness, or a constant sense of fatigue even after adequate rest. One may find it quite challenging to stay awake, alert, or maintain sustained focus. Tamas guna can lead to mental confusion, indecisiveness, and difficulty in making choices or taking clear decisions. The thought process may become slow or clouded. Tamas guna can often manifest as resistance to change or a preference for maintaining the status quo. One may find it challenging to adapt to new situations or embrace new ideas. Tamas guna can contribute to addictive behaviors or excessive attachment to things that provide temporary comfort or escape from reality. This can include excessive consumption of substances or unhealthy habits. Tamas guna may bring a sense of negativity, pessimism or apathy towards life. One may feel disinterested, disconnected or unmotivated to engage in activities or personal growth. Tamas guna can create a sense of confusion, lack of direction in life. One may feel unsure about our goals or purpose, lacking a clear sense of meaning or vision in life. If one notices an excessive presence of tamas guna, one should engage in activities that promote energy and vitality and incorporate practices such as exercise, meditation or seeking guidance to overcome inertia and cultivate a more balanced state of being. These three gunas are dynamic and their influence can vary over time. Recognizing the presence of each guna requires honest introspection, self-observation and awareness of our thoughts, emotions and behavior. So what is the onward journey after death? Is it determined by these three gunas? Bhagwan describes what is the onward journey when sattva guna is predominant. Yada sattve pravruddhe tu pralayam dhyati deha bruta. He says when the sattva is on the rise and the person dies, tada uttama vidam lokan amalan pratipadyate. Then that person will attain the higher lokas where there is no impurity. What is the benefit of cultivating sattva guna in life? Krishna says, the onward journey of the subtle body, the sukshma sharir after death, depends on the preponderant guna at the time of death. When sattva guna is predominant at the time of death, it is associated with higher levels of spiritual evolution 
to the higher lokas. Sattva Guna's influence facilitates detachment from the material world and his associated desires and attachments. The onward journey after death with Sattva Guna often involves ascending to higher realms of existence characterized by increased luminosity, peace and bliss. These realms are inhabited by beings of elevated consciousness and spiritual attainment. The journey with Sattva Guna ultimately leads to a deeper union with the Divine Source. The Jiva ultimately merges with higher consciousness or experiences a sense of oneness with the Divine, transcending the individuality and experiencing universal consciousness and liberation. Where is the onward journey when Rajas and Tamas are predominant? Rajasi pralayam gatva karma sangeshu jayate. At the end, at the time of death, if Rajas is on the rise, they are born amongst people having attachment to actions. Tatha pralina tamasi mudhayoni shu jayate. While if the tamas is on the rise, they will attain animal species in the next birth, the ado or the mudhayoni. When the Rajas guna is predominant in life, the onward journey is on the material plane, on the earthly planes so that the unfulfilled desires gets a chance for fulfillment. The journey with Rajas Guna is not considered the ultimate goal, but rather a stage in the Jiva's evolution. The Jiva is believed to, believed to tra- gradually transcend the influence of Rajas Guna by realizing a transient nature and limitations it poses in attaining true spiritual liberation. While if the Tamas Guna is prominent during life, onward journey of the Jiva in the lower species is on the earthly planes, like the animal species where there is only opportunity for spending the karma, the bhoga yoni, and there is no opportunity to create fresh karma. The jiva with predominant tamas guna may be entangled in ignorance, delusion, attachment to material desires and pleasures. It may struggle to see the true nature of the reality and remain trapped in the cycle of birth and death. By understanding the interplay of the three gunas, the goal of life is to elevate ourselves from the tamas guna to come into the rajas guna by overcoming inactivity and getting into the activity mode during our duties with the best of our abilities with awareness. And the next phase is to get from the Rajas Guna into the predominant Sattva mode where the life becomes more harmonious, peaceful, quiet and satisfied. Thus the first teaching is to make our life Sattvic. Bhagavan Krishna says in the second Adhyaya, Nitya Sattvastaha. And then finally says, Nistrai Gunyo Bhavajuna. Uh, only if this is attempted in all throughout the life, Sattva will become prominent at the time of death. This is the main practice of the spiritual journey. The sattvic guna can be imbibed by consciously making efforts to have sattvic thoughts, sattvic actions, sattvic food, good behavior by helping others, sattvic reading, devotion to God, satsang, being in the company of learned and wise, and swadhyaya, self-study of Gita and other scriptures to help us imbibe more sattva guna. The final guna teaching is to transcend the three gunas, nistrai gunyob, Arjuna, to understand our eternal true self, the Atma Swarupa. So what are the fruits of each of these three gunas? What are the benefits? Bhagavan says, Sukrutasya karmana ahuhu, sattvikam nirmalam phalam. The fruits of good and auspicious action, satkarma, are sattvik and pure. Rajas tu phalam dukkham. The fruits of the rajas karma are miseries and lifelong sufferings, while tamasa phalam agnanam. Fruits of tamas karma is ignorance. According to the law of karma and karma phala, we reap what we sow. If we reap in terms of good actions, karma by way of good thoughts, words, physical actions, helping others, depend on the interplay of the three gunas. A person having predominant sattva guna while engaging in good actions, elevating actions, will get appropriate results. In short, as are the gunas, 
as are the actions, the karma, and as are the karma, as are the results, the karma phala. In a sense, our good actions are selfless actions, nishkam done for benefits of others, not just for my sake or limited benefit of my family, but for the larger good of many more people. Also, such karma are performed without association with our self-pride, ahankara. Now, it is a grace of Lord Krishna to repeat the same thing again. He says, Sattvat Sanjayate Gnanam. Sattva Guna leads to knowledge, connects us with knowledge. Rajasa Loba Evacha. Rajasa creates greed. Pramada Mohau Tamasa. Bhavata Agnanam Evacha. Tamasa leads to delusion, the root of which is ignorance of our true self. Krishna summarizes once again for creating more clarity that only Sattva Guna makes us capable to understand the knowledge, the divine knowledge. The knowledge can only be understood and imbibed only with a calm and a pure mind. Rajas creates more and more desires, restlessness due to more greed, more wants without being fulfilled. And Tamas makes us careless, unaware about our true needs, makes us deluded. We are unable to see the correct thing and this is due to ignorance of our true self. And what is the onward journey which is depending on our karma, sattvic, People that attain the higher lokas, Ardhvam Gachanti Sattvastaha, Madhye Tishtanti Rajasaha. Rajasik people attain this world and Jaganya Guna Vruttista, Gachanti Tamasaha. Those who are seated in Tamasic tendencies attain the lower species. To summarize again the onward journey, Sattva Guna attains the higher spiritual lokas like the, like the Deva Loka or the Swarga Loka. And the person with the Rajas Guna attains the material human planes, the Manusha Yoni. Whereas a person with a tamas kona attends the lower lokas, the adhoyoni, like the animal species or the birds. The idea of describing again and summarizing the interplay of the gunas and its connection with the onward journey after death is to indicate the ultimate goal or the final goal of life. After all these different journeys, the embodied soul, the jiva, yearns to become free by merging into the universal eternal divine consciousness to attain liberation. Krishna now is coming to the final goal of the mankind, how we can transcend all the three gunas. Being in the Sattva Guna is the only first step and the foremost step. However, later one needs to even transcend the Sattva Guna too. If we want to attain our true self, which is beyond the play of the three gunas, which is Nirguna. So now there is a change of subject and then Bhagavan Krishna talks about the transcending of the three gunas. Krishna says, when the wise sees that I am different than the doer, the karta, knows that my true self is above the three gunas and he attains my highest self. We all comprise of the three gunas and behave according to the mixture of these three gunas and the dominance of one at a particular time. We are normally attached to these three gunas and identify ourselves according to the three gunas as I am nice, ambitious, hardworking, I am lazy. This binding to the three gunas is due to the strong identification of these gunas as my own. Identification gives us the doership feeling, the karta bhav or the kartrutva, the pride, the ahankara of doing our actions. And these are the main forces that bind us to our karma or actions. But there are very few wise men who have awakened to the words of the Guru and the scriptures and have realized that it is only the gunas that work within the gunas, guna, guneshu and vartanta. Whereas my true self, I, the pure consciousness, my atma, chaitanya, is beyond the play of the three gunas. It is trigunatita. It is the gunas that provide the feeling of doership, karta, or enjoyership, bhokta. Whereas the true self is the akarta, it is non-doer, it is abhokta, it is non-enjoyer, by its inherent nature. By knowledge, they have transcended the three gunas, they have become trigunatita and have awakened to their true self. 
the pure consciousness, the Shuddha Chaitanya Atma Swarupa, which is a silent witness to the drama of the three gunas, the Karta Swarupa. Krishna clearly shows the ultimate benefit of knowing our true self. He says, Etan Dehi Trina Gunan Atitya. When the self knows that it is beyond the three gunas, Deha Samud Bhavan, which is the cause for the birth of this body, Janma Mrutyu Jara Dukkhaya Vibhuktaha. But then it is relieved from the miseries of the birth, death and the old age. Amrutam Mashnute and attains immortality. It is only the self-knowledge that can liberate us from all our misconceptions, miseries and sufferings of life. All the sufferings are due to our limited identification to our body-mind complex and this identification brings with it the pain and the suffering of the desires, old age, fear, anxieties of death. These are all the attributes of the physical body that we have identified with and call our own. The true self is eternal and one who knows the true self attains immortality and is liberated from the cycle of birth and death. This wise person who has transcended the three gunas Trin Gunan Atitya is called the Gunatita. Now Arjuna asks question to Krishna and he wants to know what are the attributes of Gunatita and he asks three questions to Krishna. Atita Bhavati Prabhu. Oh Lord, what are the attributes of that wise man who has overcome the three gunas? Kimacharaha. What is his behavior or conduct in life? Kathamcha etan trin gunanati vartate. How can one transcend these three gunas? Bhagavan answers all the three questions. Arjuna wishes to know the characteristics of the man with wisdom. He wishes to know how can I understand or achieve this feat. Krishna has described these attributes of the wise, the Grani Lakshan, in many adhyayas of Bhagavad Gita, the 2nd, 12th, 14th, and the 16th adhyaya. And based on the dominant spiritual means used to attain the goal, their attributes are quite different in life. And they manifest differently, but the knowledge is the same. So answering the first question of what are the characteristics of Gunatita, Kairlingai Srin Gunanetan, Bhagavan says, Prakasham cha pravrutim cha moha eva cha pandava. O Arjuna, in knowledge, in actions or in delusions, Nadveshti sam pravruttani, he does not have anguish while they are in action, Nanivruttani kangshati, nor they desire what they have they, they, they are relieved of. Our desires and our repulsions are based on our strong likes and dislikes, our raga, our dvesha. And these attachments and aversions are towards all worldly possessions, whether they are related to knowledge, which is sattva dominant, related to activity, which is rajas dominant, or related to our misconceptions arising out of delusions, which is tamas dominant. We are often unaware how we operate and respond or react based on our likes and dislikes for each of these three gunas. The attachment and repulsions or likes, dislikes determine our choices, our actions and also we are determined by them. Other, over time people develop strong choices, stubborn attitudes, obsession and invalid insistence for that particular choice. Often this is without valid reasons or understanding and this is what is the problem. Only the knowledge can relieve these misconceptions, make the stubborn into flexible attitudes and give less priority to material world, Mahatva Buddhi. The man with wisdom who has assimilated the self-knowledge in life clearly notes these interactions of the three gunas occur in the field of Prakriti, whereas his true nature is devoid of the three gunas. As also the likes dislikes are also in the field of Prakriti, the wise man is devoid of strong attachments and aversions in all the three gunas of the worldly affairs. Answering the second question, how do gunatita behave kibacharaha? Bhagavan says, they are seated in equipoise, they are unaffected, they are neutral. 
Gunayana vichalyate. They do not get affected by the gunas. Guna avartante etiye eva yaha avatishtati. They understand that gunas interact with the gunas na ingate and therefore they do not get disturbed. Krishna describes how the wise person conducts during their worldly life with others. They also have to face their ups and downs in life, but they do not get affected by these events in life. They understand that these are only part of the transient gunas which interact with other gunas of other people. They know clearly that that real self is a silent observer, a witness to this drama of the gunas, and therefore they see as if they are seeing a movie or a drama. Thus they are able to sit in equipoise without getting disturbed or affected and as they refrain from giving labels or judgments to the events in life. How they remain balanced or sama, same in worldly gains or losses, Bhagavan says, sama dukkha sukha swastha, sama kanchanaha. They remain same in the pain, joy, compost. They have the same vision for the sand, stand, stones or gold. Tulya priya priya, dhira tulya ninda atma sanstutihi. They remain same in the likes, dislikes. They remain calm and steady in disrespect and praise. The wise person has a sense of composure in the dualities of life. They understand that these are only temporary and illusionary feelings. They do not give too much importance to these material aspects of life. This is because they are awakened to the eternal and the permanent reality of life. They know well that there are many unknown reasons, nimitta, for such events. And they do not blame others or God for difficulties in their life. They are able to see the interconnectedness, oneness of all the beings and things in this universe behind all the different manifestations of the names and forms. They do not give undue importance to worldly possessions as they know these are temporary means for living. They remain composed in praise, disrespect, they are balanced, they take no sides between friends and foes. They have given up all their selfish desires for actions and that person can be called a gunatita. So Krishna says they remain equipoise, composed in upheavals of life and this requires a kind of a spiritual journey, a sadhana with close observation, self-reflection, introspection and, uh, and this is definitely not impossible to achieve in life as many of the other people do have achieved this part. They remain the same in praise and insults and it's a tall order but this can also be achieved. To summarize following are some of the general characteristics and conduct of the person who has transcended the three gunas, gunatita, they are equanimous, they remain safe or balanced in all the ups and downs of life. They have wisdom and discrimination and they take decisions with a lot of clarity. They are selfless and they have compassion for others. They have freedom from their ego. They don't have dominance, they don't want to control others. They have transcendental joy and contentment. They have a profound sense and their inner state radiates with joy. They have intuitive knowledge and higher understanding and that's why they are able to uh, connect with other people and they have non-attachment, they are detached from the material aspects of the world because they understand that this is all impermanent. They have oneness and they have unity consciousness. They can see the interconnectedness between different beings and these are some of the characteristics which they have attained with advanced level of spiritual realization and have gone beyond the influence of the gunas. While these serve as ideals, the manifestation of these qualities may vary from person to person. The journey of transcending the gunas is unique to each one and the conduct of the gunatita is guided by the direct experience of oneness and realization of the true nature. Coming to the third answer of the third question of Arjuna, how does one cross the three gunas? Katham cha etan trin guna nati vartate. Maam, Bhagavan answers, maam chaya vyabhichari 
ಭಕ್ತಿ ಯೋಗೇನ ಸೇವತೆ ಒನ್ ವರ್ಷಿಪ್ಸ್ ಮೀ ವಿತ್ ಒನ್ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಡಿವೋಷನ್ ಸ ಗುಣಾನ್ ಸಮತಿತ್ಯೇತಾನ್ ದಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಕ್ರಾಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದ ತ್ರೀ ಗುಣಾಸ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಭೂಯಾಯ ಕಲ್ಪತೆ ಅಂಡ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ಸ್ ಎಲಿಜಿಬಲ್ ಟು ನೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ದ ಇಟರ್ನಲ್ ಡಿವಿನಿಟಿ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸೈಂಡಿಂಗ್ ದ ತ್ರೀ ಗುಣಾಸ್ ರಿಕ್ವೈರ್ಸ್ ಅನ್ ಆರ್ ಯು ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುಯಲ್ ಜರ್ನಿ ರಿಕ್ವೈರ್ಸ್ ಎಫರ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಬಾಯ್ ದ ಎಸ್ಪಿರೆಂಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ರೈಟ್ ಗೈಡೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಾಯ್ ದ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುಯಲ್ ಟೀಚರ್ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ ಮೆನಿ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸಾಧನ ಟು ಅಚೀವ್ ದ ಗೋಲ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಅಟೈನ್ಮೆಂಟ್ the final two verses of the 14th adhyaya krishna highlights the role of devotion as a predominant mean simple devotion is not good enough but as a means krishna says one pointed devotion avyabichari bhakti is an important means of devotion when krishna says mami means ishwara and the supreme divinity transcending the three gunas is a significant aspect of the spiritual growth and self realization while it is a profound and an ongoing process some general approaches and practices that can help us in transcending the three gunas are having self awareness and self observation introspection cultivate the sattva guna having a balanced and a, adopting a balanced approach with discipline satsang and spiritual association company of other enlightened beings meditation and inner silence continuously practicing meditation helps us in gaining higher states of realms of mind self inquiry and self reflection reflect on our philosoph- philosophical teachings scriptures and spiritual texts karma yoga and selfless service recognizing the interconnectedness of people devotion and surrender to the higher power seek knowledge and wisdom by spiritual learnings and teachings detachment practicing renunciation from material possessions or desires and outcomes and that's why transcending the three gunas is a gradual process that requires consistent effort self discipline and self reflection each individual's journey is unique and the practice that resonates with each will vary it is needed to find guidance from spiritual teachers or mentors or gurus who can provide guidance based on our specific needs and aspirations coming to the end of the adhyaya bhagwan says how devotion bhakti can make us eligible to know this divine knowledge the brahma bhagwan says brahmano hi pratishtaham i am the brahma itself amrutasya avyasya cha which is immortal eternal unchanging and indestructible shashvatasya cha dharmasya sukhasya ekantikasya cha which is ever present dharma and is ever bliss form the final two verses are the link to the 15th adhyaya the purushottam yoga the knowledge of the supreme divinity which is going to come in the next adhyaya this knowledge is possible only by devoting to the supreme divinity by his grace we can understand the divine the first step is to know that my true self is immortal eternal unchanging indestructible pure consciousness chaitanya the next step is to know the essential nature of the universal divinity brahma which is immortal eternal unchanging indestructible and pure consciousness chaitanya and the final culmination of the knowledge is to see the oneness of the universal consciousness as it is reflected in each beings as a reflected consciousness but in reality it is the one consciousness chaitanya thus the final stroke is to know that the same individual consciousness is the universal consciousness i am atma brahma this penultimate knowledge of the existence is possible only by devotion to ishwara the devotional worship will start from sings ishwar somewhere saguna bhakti in some form and then gradually expanding our horizons to see the divinity everywhere as the formless divine the nirguna brahma the relationship between the devotion bhakti and self knowledge is one which is very intimate and direct the natural progression of intense devotion is attaining the divine and being one with the divine we come to the end of the 14th adhyaya of shri bhagavad gita 
ತತ್ಸದಿತಿಮದ್ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾಸು ಉಪನಿಷತ್ಸು ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವಿದ್ಯಾಗಶಾಸ್ತ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣಾರ್ಜುನ ಸಂವಾಗೋಶೋಧ್ಯ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಫಾರ್ ಲಿಸನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದಿಸ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಯುವರ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಬೈ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಯುವರ್ ಹೋಸ್ಟ್ ಸಂಜೀವ್ hope you have gained by the sharing for more detailed understanding please visit youtube channel s haribakti it's one word s h a r i b h a k t i where you will find multiple adhyaya videos arranged in respective playlists or you could join whatsapp learning group the bhagavad gita study group where we do a guided in depth study of bhagavad gita over one year period do send me an email request on s haribakti it's one word at the rate gmail.com so i can share a link for you to join this group thank you